small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kyle Dotson. And joining us tonight as co-host is... Uh, no one. No, you're supposed to say Kyle Dotson. Oh, just me, yeah. I mean, I thought you meant as a guest. No, 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 you're here. Yeah. You're here. We're doing a... How long ago did we do... Um, we did a, a, a thing called One and Done. Um, hmm. When was that? Let me look. I could look. You don't know, but I do. Did I mess your headphones up? Uh, yeah, it's okay. Let me see when we did. We did one and done in August. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, it didn't seem like it was that long ago. But if you had also said a year ago, I probably wouldn't have been that surprised either. Right. Now it's January. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah. 2019. So uh, so we thought, uh, let's do two and through. One and done was uh, bands that released one album and then stopped mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And two and through, it's the same premise. Did you, I mean, I guess because it was only in August, I didn't have anyone that recorded an album in between there. Oh, that I since then, no. But, yeah. I guess it could happen. Those one and dones, they could always do another album. That happens yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're concentrating on the two and through. Mm-hmm. Now, at the, uh, the time of this record, it's actually the night before Thanksgiving. Yeah. And all through the house. <laughs> we, just, uh, we just got back from seeing The Grinch. Yeah. The new version of the Grinch. It's um, nothing beats the original. No, no. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it was it was it was fine. It was fine. It was fun. And it was yeah, it was fun. And I wasn't bored. It wasn't bored. Cumberbatch was good as the mm-hmm. Grinch. It was like about eighty-five minutes or so, which was yeah, even a little too long. A little but, too long. Yeah, you know. But, um, you know what I what some of the stuff that I love about the original. You know, the problem is in order to make it new, sometimes they take out stuff that you loved in the mm-hmm. original. So some of that stuff was gone and then they invent their own stuff that Dr. Seuss didn't even invent mm-hmm. and they put it in there. So they take some creative license and, um, you know, I would have liked it to, I would have liked the movie to maybe have been shorter and then the, at the beginning show a short, like Yertle the turtle or like the sneeches or oh, something like cool, that yeah. in that the same style. Yeah. That would have been a good idea to pad it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Even if it would have, if they would have made it um, like an anthology movie, like three things and then end yeah. with the Grinch. Yeah. That would have been cool. My, uh, my biggest problem with it is uh, Pharrell. Am I saying that right? Yeah. He's the narrator and I have nothing against Pharrell. I like Pharrell. Seems like a good guy, good singer, good music, I guess. But um, he doesn't have the, uh, what do I want to say? The dramatic weight uh, or acting chops to be the narrator for this film. Like you said, uh, someone like um, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, like it, it needs to, because the narrator was, wasn't was silly or fu- it was just like a straight reading yeah. of it. And I feel like you should, like they were going for like a stunt casting anyway with Pharrell because he didn't have a song in it no, or anything. Have, and, but since he wrote that happy song, I feel like they were just throwing him a bone. But like it. it's, it was strange. Like it, it could have, you know, they could have been someone, you know, with an iconic voice or, you know, like even, even James Earl Jones or just, or, or have, um, trying to think, even if it was just someone comedic, 
you know, yeah, like just, Kristen Wiig or someone, you know. Yeah, Kristen Wiig or... Or Rashida Jones is like the mom in the movie. So like, I mean, she could have even done it. Steve Carell maybe could have done it. Yeah. I don't know. Just someone that has some some acting chops. and Because uh, sometimes it sounded like he was... Like there was a very specific rhyming cadence. Yes. And, and he, he didn't he always didn't, have it. No. Which I'm like, you're a singer. Shouldn't you be on yeah. the beat? But um, there was a there was a TV show called The Point. It was a special. Uh, Harry Harry Nielsen did the music for it, and um, and there's many different versions. Like one time, they had Dustin Hoffman was the narrator. I, Ringo Starr is the is most known for narrating it. But sometimes when it was on TV, they would change the narrator up. Oh, that's strange. They would like re-record it for some reason. So hmm. what I'm saying is. Uh, bring someone in, and before this comes on home video, re-record that. Stuff. Well, it would be it would be different if he had a song. Uh, like part of me thought, like that they because Tyler, the creator, did some of the music mm -hmm. and has a song in it. That maybe he should have just done it because he has a song in it. You know what I mean? Like, and he's not an actor either. So right. I just think you needed an actor to be the narrator. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. It's strange. Uh, we'll get over. We'll get through it, guys. It'll be alright. We'll get through it. Or just uh, Cumberbatch use his regular voice. Because his he's British. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would be a different voice than his Grinch voice. True. True. I uh well, let's move on. Let's let's move on. You know, for you know, for some reason I have a couple songs in my playlist on my computer that for some for some reason didn't make it over to that computer. Oh, okay. I don't know well, why. Do you have flash drive you can hand it to me? Huh. No, I'm not yeah. real concerned about it. Okay. Well, I'll just say, um, I'll just say, um, apologies to bad English. All right. Who won't be, um, who won't be uh, heard tonight? Oh, I can't believe you didn't play bad English. Oh, are you kidding me? They were the fucking best. Is no. that a person? Yep. All right. You want to get into it? Yeah. I have nine bands. I'm going to say right off the bat, I don't like all of these songs mm -hmm. or all of the albums. Okay. Necessarily, I might like one of the albums. All right. Or, you know, whatever. It's fair enough. Um, should I start? I think I have the quintessential two-album band. Well, I have, I have way more than you, so that's the only reason I think oh. I should start. Okay, go ahead and start then. All right. So I'm going to start with, it's a super group. And a lot of times, these two-album bands are super groups. Mm -hmm. So this is a very famous one. It's Traveling Wilburys. It's um, Jeff Lynn and Bob Dylan, those two are still alive. I don't know who they were. They were, uh, I don't know, Lucky and uh, Wacky and Penis, and I don't know what uh, they were. <laughs> Cunnilingus, Will, Willberry, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, George Harrison, Rock and Peace, Roy Orbison, Rock and Peace. Sadly, Tom Petty, Rock and Peace. I never thought I'd be saying that. Do you think they'll get back together? You know what? Before Tom Petty passed, I thought it maybe would be cool if they could get... Um, like Ringo in there or Joe Walsh or, or maybe even McCartney. Yeah. Like it. kind of like a, a now, side step, yeah. but without him, I, without Petty, he's kind of the linchpin. Yeah. I mean, him and Jeff Lynn, I mean, they're, they're all very, they're all very important, but you when, couldn't replace any of them, but you could at least kind of yes. cobble. You could replace yeah. two easier than three. Yeah, I definitely. And, and I just don't see, I just don't see Jeff Lynn and Bob Dylan doing it by themselves. No, that wouldn't be mm -hmm. wouldn't be good. But I don't see Bob Dil Dylan doing it. Period. I don't know. He has a Christmas album. Um, let's hear <laughs> mumbling through Christmas from Volume One. Let's hear End of the Line. Well, it's all right. 
somewhere down the road away. Somewhere down the road when somebody plays Now that lyric when he says every day is judgment day mm-hmm. For the longest time I thought that lyric was Every day is just mundane mm. Which also works Yeah uh, Here's their names George Harrison was Nelson Wilbury Jeff Lynne still is Otis Wilbury Tom Petty is Charlie T. Wilbury Jr. He went all in mm-hmm. when his gave himself a middle initial, yeah. got a junior. Uh, Roy Orbison was Lefty Wilbury, and Bob Dylan was Lucky Wilbury. I guess that's true because he's still alive. Yeah. Uh, and then Jim Keltner, who played drums on, I think the entire album except Handle with Care, he was Buster Sideberry. <laughs> Why didn't you just put him in the band? Yeah, that's much. All right, let's um. It says Michael Palin has something to do with this. Oh, he wrote the... Oh, Michael Palin as Hugh Jampton E.F. Nordy Bits Reader. Oh, uh, he, he did the album notes. Oh, was he more concise than his name picking? Oh, my God. All right. And so let's jump to... Now, this is, this is, this is funny. Uh, the second album is called Volume 3. Ooh. How funny is that? Hilarious. Uh, this was from uh, 1990. Which one's funny, Wilbury? <laughs> None. Michael Palin, I thought. <laughs> this is uh, I, I, this is this is almost a novelty song, but I like it. The song is called Wilbury Twist. You put your hand on your head. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle. I don't think that dance craze ever caught on. I don't think so either. <laughs> you know what would be a great video? If we get me, you, Mike, Murray, and, and Christy, and we just put this song on and we do the Wilbury twist. <laughs> Except there's a part about your underwear, and I don't know if Christy will be down for that. Yeah. Ah, you never know. <laughs> uh, who wrote Wilbury twist? Who? Oh, they all did. They all get a song credit on that. (laughs) They all want a piece of that. They all. (laughs) Once this dance craze hits, we're going to be set for life. Oh my God. All right. Let's move to you. You said you have the quintessential. I think I have the quintessential that people think of. Um, I don't know a whole lot about this band, but I didn't know they have two albums. I know that everyone has a shirt of one of their albums. This is Joy Division. Okay. This is their first album, Unknown Pleasures. This is a song called Disorder. It's getting faster, moving faster now. It's getting out of hand. On the 10th floor, down the back stairs, into no man's land. Lights are flashing, cars are crashing, getting frequent now. I've got the spirit, lose the feeling, let it out somehow. Tell me what that song's called again. Disorder. That kicks off their first album. Do you like Joy Division? 
Um, I don't know much about them. I like a handful of songs, and and I don't really know the other ones. So, all right. I know that uh, uh, they stopped because uh, was it Ian Curtis passed away, right? And then the rest of them became New Order. Is that what happened? I think so. Um, yeah. So that's interesting, though. They 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 were a big band and then became a big band. Yeah. I guess they have talent. Yeah. Um, What's the next song? What's the next album called? The next album is called Closer. And uh, this song is called Isolation. So that second album came out like two months after Ian Curtis's death. Posthumous. Yes. And then they released their probably their biggest hit, which is Love Will Tear Us Apart. It's not on either of those albums. Just a single. Yeah. Huh. You know a lot about this band. This is one of your favorite bands of all time. Love them. <laughs> can't get enough of them. Know everything about them. Can't, fool, can't stump me. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. My next band is a super group. Don't really care for the name of this band. No. Nope. Uh, I think it was mentioned as a, as a joke, and then they just kept it. Uh, the band's called Chicken Foot. I don't mind that, it, that their logo is like a square piece sign, though, because it kind of it looks like a chicken foot. It looks like a chicken foot, and that kind of, I mean, yeah, then that kind of makes, that's the only thing that makes the name cool. Right. <laughs> if you didn't have that logo. Yeah, you're, you're tough. You're t- yeah, it's 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 tough going. But here's who's in this band: Sammy Hagar is your lead vocals, rhythm guitar; Joe Satriani's lead guitar and keyboards; Michael Anthony, bass and backing vocals; Chad Smith, Red Hot Chili Peppers, is drums and percussion. So we've got uh, half of Van Halen, mm-hmm. Van Hagar era, and we got a great guitarist in Joe Satriani, and we got a great uh, drummer. And Chad Smith, he's, a, I know you don't like the Chili Peppers, but Chad is a really good drummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, this album, I have it signed up on the wall. We both were looking at it. Yeah. This was released, uh, the packaging is heat sensitive. So like when it's cold, the album is all black with the chicken foot logo in the middle. Obviously it's warm up here tonight in the office. So when it when it gets warm, it's sepia toned and you can see all the band members. Yeah. It's like, it's like they're each in a quadrant of the. Now mine's autographed. Yeah. Because uh, they did a signing at a Best Buy down in, I want to say maybe Westwood, uh, the day of release. My other chicken foot thing is uh, the night before they did that signing, or maybe it was the day of, no, I think it was the night before they played the Roxy theater and uh, Mike Schmidt and I went uh, not knowing any of them. I mean, we didn't know any of the music Yeah, and they, they didn't sing Van Halen and mm-hmm. chili peppers and stuff. They just did this album in a couple of covers. Like I think they did highway star by deep purple. 
And, and it was great. So uh, that's all nice. I got to say about that. So this is a song. I've played this on the show before. This is from 2009, Chicken Foot self-titled album. This is My Kind of Girl. Well, the sun's up. It's 6.30. Fell asleep with the TV on again. Take five. Check out the weather. It's Monday morning for the single mom. Works hard to 5.30. There's Joe Satriani. Mm-hmm. Now, earning his paycheck. You could, um, all songs were written by Hager and Satriani, except I think two, uh, Chad and uh, Anthony get a writing credit on. Now, you could, you listen to that song, you can make fun of Sammy's lyrics. You can make fun of his lyrics a lot, and but I like them still. But um, when you listen to that, he's describing this, this, wo- this woman, and you know exactly who he's describing. Like, mm-hmm. you know he paints a vivid picture yeah and he's not they're not diminishing this woman Mm-mm. they're just saying you know she's a single mom she needs she cuts loose once a week you know mm-hmm. it's a, she works hard and that's his kind of girl so it's it's actually a compliment yeah you know and uh the lyric that uh she, this buds for for you is tattooed on her ass <laughs> is just uh that cracks me up all right let's move on Kyle to the second and final studio album by chicken foot i think they released a live album but that doesn't really count uh kyle what's this album called this is the second album chicken foot three ha so funny always funny now this album cover was released in 3d comes with 3d glasses it comes with uh, uh pictures of the band inside so um they're pushing the uh the gimmicks yeah with this and this album is uh, blue on the front with some red. You know, if you put the glasses on, you'll see. Yeah, you'll see. It's like a there's a three and then there's a yeah. over the logo. Now, I wish the two lines on the three lined up on, with the logo more. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. The middle one lines up, but it's kind of cool. This is 2011. I thought this band, I was hoping this band would just continue, but I think, you know, the Chili Peppers make a ton of money. Yeah. So it's probably hard to nail Chad down. Mm-hmm. And um, so this is uh, the song's called Different Devil. There's a wise old tale about the same old hell. Only the devil has changed. With two brand new lovers rolling in the covers. Everybody wants some strange. We all roll somebody. Gonna tell.
says here that Kenny Aronoff was a touring member, touring drummer from 2011 to 2012. Yeah, that's true. Chad couldn't tour because of Red Hot uh, Chili Pepper stuff. So that's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good fit. I mean, Why if Chad's the guy who's busy, and and he's not really writing the songs, and you know, Kenny said when he was here, he loves being in a band. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, these two albums are pretty solid. Uh, I think they're pretty great. Uh, first one was produced by Andy Johns, and the second was produced by Mike Frazier. So that's why they these albums sound great. So it's uh, it's sad that this didn't continue because I think Sammy and Michael also like to be in a band. But mm-hmm. I think Sammy just you know he likes doing. Who knows? There could be a new Chickenfoot album tomorrow. Tomorrow, who knows? He'll just do whatever makes him happy. So that's that's what we like about Sammy. So uh, what if we could get Michael Anthony to come on the show? Probably. Boy, that would be something. I don't know that he's ever really. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's been on any trunk and talked about Van Halen stuff. But I always say I would love him to write a book because he was there for everything. Mm-hmm. Gary Sharon, Sammy in, Sammy out, Dave in, Dave out, Michael in, Michael out. I mean, his book would probably be great, but he probably doesn't give a shit. No, because Eddie was dumb and let Michael have uh, uh, part of the writing credit <laughs> from the beginning. Hmm. Sorry, Eddie. That's why he doesn't like Michael Anthony. That's my theory. Because they let him have... They, they, it was shared writing credit. Yeah. And I don't know how much Michael Anthony writes. Mm-hmm. Not writing anything for Chickenfoot. No. All right. Let's move it on. What do we got? Uh, this is a band I've played on here before, but I don't think I've played this song. You probably... Other other than maybe, maybe me playing it before, you probably have never heard of this band. But I bet you've heard one of their songs because they use them in like they use snippets of them in a lot of action movies. All right. Um, they had an album in two thousand eight. Um, they're called "Does It Offend You?" Yeah, and their their uh, their band name is from uh, uh, why can't I think of his name? A David Brent quote from the the UK office. Okay. Um, so this is this is from the first album called uh, "You Have No Idea What You're Getting Into." And uh, this song's called Dawn of the Dead. some electronic marimba in there um yeah they have a song called we are rock stars that i think that's the one that they use like in every fast and the furious TV <laughs> trailer, spot and everything. trailer and everything um so then in two, in 2011 but i didn't discover this till maybe three years ago um they released an, their second and final album called don't say we didn't warn you and I don't like this album at all. Like, I love the first one, and this one's not good. So it was pretty hard for me to pick a song. Um, but this is called Pull Out My Insides. This one's just okay. Stay with me. Surely we'll stay 
Yeah, it's just like it's just okay. I think they, I think they lost like one of the members, like just left mm-hmm. the band, and then they just kind of did this, and then we're like, we're done. What year is that? That was 2011, 2008, 2011. It's the most recent songs we've played so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my next two, I want you to pull. I want you to take those two Andy Taylor songs. And I want you to bring them right up. Okay. Underneath the chicken foot. Now I'm actually gonna. I have way more songs than you, so I'm actually gonna play four in a row. That's fine. Because um, they're I, I they're, these relate to each other. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So Andy Taylor, he's um obviously the sheriff of Mayberry. Yeah. Clearly. But uh, a lot of people don't know he's also the guitarist in uh, Duran Duran. Yeah. So Andy Taylor's first solo album, it's on MCA Records, released in 1987. And people on this album are Andy Taylor, lead vocals and guitars. Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols on guitar. And Mickey Curry on drums. Mickey has played with, uh, with back in the day, he would play with Brian Adams. He still plays with Brian Adams. And then when Brian wasn't doing stuff, he would play with Hall & Oates. So that's what Mickey did for like 10 years. Okay. Go between playing hits on stage every night. So, uh, the reason, well, I'll tell you after we play these two songs, then I'll tell you how it relates to my next two, but this is Andy's album. This was also co-produced by Steve Jones, 1987 album's called thunder. And this song is called, I might lie. I think I've said many times on here, I love this album. I think it's a great album. I like Andy Taylor's playing. I like him and Steve Jones playing back and forth. I, I like Andy's vocals. And yeah, this album is, I think it's great. I really yeah, like this Yeah, album. I liked that a lot. So Andy's second album comes out three years later. And this, I find this is going to happen a lot with um, at least people on my list. Their second album is a covers album. Mm-hmm. So this album's called Dangerous. And he does some good covers on here, uh, like not your not your normal ones. He does "Don't Believe a Word" by Thin Lizzy, "Stone Cold Sober" by Rod Stewart, uh, "Space Station Number Five" by Montrose, uh, "Violence" by Mott the Hoople, "Cocaine" by J.J. Kale, "Live Wire" by AC/DC, and then the ones that are known uh, that he does is he does uh, "Sympathy for the Devil" by the Rolling Stones, "Feel Like Making Love" by Bad Company. And the one I'm going to play, he does, and this was released as the first single. This was Lola by the Kinks, but this is Andy's version.
kind of raw. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a, it's a good album. It's a good covers album, but uh, I would have much preferred that his follow-up to Thunder was something more yeah. like that. So, but that's not what it was. And then he's never done anything else. I mean, he got back together with Duran Duran mm-hmm. for an album and a tour, and then and mm-hmm. then I'm sure he has tons of Duran Duran money. Yeah, but that, mm-hmm. that's that's where we're at. Okay, so my next artist is Steve Jones. And because of his work with Andy on Thunder, uh, MCA gave him a, a, a record a oh, contract. Wow. Yeah. Because, and uh, so his first album also came out in 1987. Uh, I used to think Andy played on this too, but he didn't. But it's, uh, it's Steve Jones. It's Mickey Curry from Thunder. And uh, here's what it says about this album. For his solo debut, Jones chose a sparse arrangement and played most instruments himself. He partners with two drummers and a keyboardist as he gamely sing speaks his way through. <laughs> so I love the album cover. Like if I could, I asked Michael DeBar once, I said, do you know how I could contact Steve Jones to get him on my, my podcast? Because Steve and, um, and Michael were in a one and done band, checkered past. Mm-hmm. And uh, I go, cause I can't find any information on him. And, and Michael DeBar just, said wrote back to me that's how steve likes it <laughs> so i listen to jonesy's jukebox almost every day it's as far as radio goes i love it so much because he plays whatever he wants he might play two deep thin lizzie tracks he just plays anything he wants yeah and he he doesn't because i've i've heard it like a few few times um like driving around and it's like I'm like, oh, this song's great. I've never heard this never song heard before. Never heard in my life, yeah. And and then sometimes he doesn't even tell you what it was. Yeah. Or he'll just come on and he'll be like, that was the teacups from the first album. And then he won't tell you anything else. <laughs> my favorite thing he does, sometimes I can do it. I imitate it for myself in the car. One of the sponsors on the show is an attorney, James Bergner. Mm-hmm. He's sweet James Bergner. And Jonesy does like the copy. like, sweet James Bergner. He, you know, you call him up and he'll get you out of your ticket anything you need sweet 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 james Bergner. i mean that's and sometimes he's so funny he's like i'm not feeling good today but but sounds exactly the same tired last night i walked i walked at a brisk pace. i'm a fat ass i'm trying to lose weight i'm trying to get off the meds because i think he's on like diabetes medicine okay but i love his show but anyway this is uh this is his album Mercy. It's got a great Kyle, do you like that album cover? I do like that album cover. It, it's uh and this song is called That's Enough. Like a delicate 
That almost sounds like I might lie. I might lie when I look. It's, it's very similar, this part. That's enough. I might lie. It just sounds... So his, uh, his follow-up to this came out in uh, 1989, and he did not go the cover, the cover uh, album way. And this album's called Fire and Gasoline. And this is, this is a much, much... I like, I like Mercy, but this is a much better album than Mercy. Like, he really kills it on this. And uh, let's hear a song called Freedom Fighter. You'll hear the difference. Oh, yeah. does do one cover he closes out with uh suffragette city and some wrote a song on here with uh nikki six he uh billy duffy ian asbury axel rose all turn up on this album so yeah i like it i like it a lot do you like that album cover yeah i do it's cool yeah i, I he should make another album he keeps saying uh on the radio he's like i was recording i was recording <laughs> can't say nothing but i was recording <laughs> it's, it's just like yep got the guitars out that's all. That's it. <laughs> like, all right. Here's more of the teacups. <laughs> all right. I ate up a lot of time there, Kyle. That's so it. what's right. next for you? Um, so this is a this is a band called Be Your Own Pet. Um, I didn't know anything from their first album. It's really hard to find. It's kind of like they, they kind of did it themselves sort of thing. So this is of YouTube quality. Okay. Um, so, but it's called Girls on TV. This is from 2006. That's a fun. That's a fun song. Yeah, they're like a all all female punk rock outfit. They're pretty cool. The way I heard about them was from this next song I'm gonna play. This is from their second album called "Get Awkward." This was used in the Scott Pilgrim trailers. Okay, and I re- like I was like, oh, this song's great. And then I think it was, I think it was ended up being on the soundtrack. Um, so this is how I heard about them. But this is called "Black Hole."
I'm sorry, it's not all female. There's a, only the singer's female. <laughs> you don't know. Uh, yeah. Are you sure it's not uh, all yeah. female? What, well, are the, what are the other girls' names? Uh, Nathan. Yep, that's a lady. Jonas mm-hmm. and John. That can go either way. Okay. All right, good enough. Yeah. Excellent. All right, you, you're up. Uh, I'm going to go, let's go with this band called The Storm. Okay. Let's bring those guys up. I don't know know anything about them. I'm going to tell you about them. I'm going to tell you a lot about them. Maybe more than you want to know. All right. The Storm, I pulled their CDs right off the shelf as we sat here. Okay. I wanted wanted to get everything right. For some reason I can't, oh, there it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm almost prepared tonight. He's very ca- this is very casual. Yeah, I just yawned. So it was just like, "Hey, text me when you want to." I'm downstairs, and I say, "Text me when you want to, when you want re- me to come up and record." Okay, the storm. This band's first album came out in 1991. Now, in '86, Journey released an album called "Raised on Radio." And when you picked that thing up, you saw that the longtime bass player Ross Valerie and the current drummer at the time, Steve Smith, were not. On that album, hmm. Steve Perry kicked them out. Why? Because he said he wasn't, he, they weren't giving him the sounds that he needed for this album. Now, Raised on Radio, Steve Perry produces it. He kind of, he kind of strong armed the band, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. He, he said, Look, I want to produce. I don't want these guys anymore. I want to work with outside bass, bass players and drummers. And, and the album has some highlights, but I don't find it to be good top to bottom. Like, That's- like escape is, but mm-hmm. um, what are you going to do? So anyway, so the storm in 1991, here's who's in this band, Ross Valerie and Steve Smith. Then they get a guy named Greg Raleigh on keyboards. Greg was in the original lineup of journey for okay. the first six albums. So this is like a journey offshoot band. I see. Guitarist is Josh Ramos. And the singer is Kevin Shalafant, who I think tried out to be, in journey or maybe in the early nineties, he was going to, they were thinking about using this guy. So anyway, this is going to sound pretty much like journey. If you, if you really put your ear to it, uh, this was a single called, I've got a lot to learn about love. Yeah, there's points in that song where it really sounds like Journey. Yeah. The the I think the major problem is the name and the cover kind of makes it look like it might be a metal band. Well, and it was produced by uh by Bo Hill, who produced 
uh, a ton of metal bands in the day. Which I feel like if you were, yeah, that's that's strange because I feel like if you were, if you saw that and didn't know anything about it, you wouldn't say this is going to sound like Journey. Right, right. And these uh, these albums are really hard to find. These are ridiculously hard to find. Now, the next album is called Eye of the Storm. And that didn't come out for five years. And by that time, Steve Smith, I guess, was off doing his own thing. So he's not on drums anymore. A guy named Ron Wixo, who uh, I think played with uh, God, David Lee Roth and Foreigner and a whole bunch of people. So um, this is the second album. And this song is called uh, Don't Give Up. I don't even think the second album is even on iTunes. I think the first album is on iTunes. But as far as physical copies, I have them. Uh, if you want them, email me, rocksolidpodcast at gmail.com, and I'll send them your way. And then if you like them, maybe you find them sometime and you buy them. But I don't think we're taking money out of anyone's pocket. If Yeah, if, you, I mean, if they're not available, yeah. then so, I don't know. You know, and if you want to give them a listen, you know, uh, I'm, I'm all cool with sharing stuff. Yeah. So uh, just let me know. Let me know. Um, cool. <laughs> Good transition. Uh, it's great transition. So uh, this is okay. ten fifteen at night. Yeah, I'm awake though. Yeah, 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 yeah. What'd you think of those songs? I, I like them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it again. It wasn't what I was expecting based on the album cover. Yeah. The second album cover is not great. No, the second album cover looks. Kind of journey-ish. Yeah. Kind of oh, yeah. Asia-ish. Oh, yeah. yeah, it does. It's you, like... those. Both of those covers, too, you could uh, you could almost think that it's a prog rock band, too. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's strange. Yeah. All right, I'm moving this up. Okay, so there's a uh, there's a band I've I played and mentioned before called Mindless Self-Indulgence. Mm-hmm. They have more than two albums. Um, but this is an offshoot of Mindless Self-Indulgence. It's the bassist who goes by Steve Rye, which is like with a question mark, like Steve, right? Is basically what it is, but instead of a T, there's a question mark. And then um, the lead singer, Jimmy Urin. Hmm. Uh, That's a shame. He he, uh, he is actually in Guardians too. He's one of the Ravagers. He's good friends with oh. James Gunn. Oh, okay. So um, James Gunn is not in Guardians anymore. No. <laughs> uh, so this is, uh, so they had, a, they had a band called The Left Rights, in 2002, they made an album. It is not good. There's like 40-some songs. Some are 10 seconds. Some are, like, this one's 37, but I'm not going to play the play it all because it's nonsense. But I don't like this first album at all. Like, it's not one that you pick up and listen to. It's just a bunch of kind of mishmash, whatever. So, um, but this is, this is a song called Station Wagons. Um, Station Wagons are my favorite it's, it's nonsense. It is. 
it, it's not even listenable. Is it's, that from Adventure Time? Yeah, it, it might as well be. But um, so then they then eight years later in 2010 they thought like oh let's make another another album for the left rights. This is more of an album. There's still some of that crap in the middle, but it's less songs. I think it's like 12 or something. And uh, this is a song called White. It's a it's making fun of uh, people who like that they're white. All right. And then we, I do have, I do have another cue point because I want this, uh, this I'm going to shout out to our friend James uh, Sandlin who was just on because they name check his favorite band in here, Radiohead. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> so yeah uh that, that's a that's a diss and a shout out yeah standing still at a radiohead concert. um yeah so that's uh that's funny i like that song because it's a lot it's tongue-in-cheek it's it's very similar to what they do in my self-indulgence and the other albums trash so uh <laughs> and you and you have that. these because you like it or you don't like well it. i i have it because i liked i found the first or i found the second one first and I had that, and then I saw the other one. I was like, "Oh, I'll I'll get this too," but it's just it's just a mess. Gotcha. So I don't have it. I just have it, but I don't ever listen to it. Uh, I just have it for purposes like this one. All right. Well, for me, next we're gonna do. Let's find uh, find Shaw Blades. All right. That's Tommy Shaw from Sticks, and Jack Blades from Night Ranger. Now, I don't know what it is about these two guys, but you get these two guys together and they make a great album. Mm -hmm. Actually, they make two great albums. Now, Shaw Blades, the drummer on this album is Steve Smith from Journey. Okay. So this is, it's all tying together. I didn't know, I didn't plan on that, but that's how it goes. Their first album came out in March of 1995. It's called Hallucination. And it's it's not a great cover. It's just them back the way they looked in 1995. Yeah, and they're just on, they're just on the cover. Some mushrooms in the front. Yeah, a Celtic oh, that, font. Oh, I like that. Then the mushrooms in the front. I never I never really put that together. That Hall those are mushrooms. Oh yeah, and, and hallucination. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. that's good. And so let's go with the. Uh, I I I highly recommend this album. The whole thing, uh, every song I love. But let's go with the opening track, which is my hallucination.
Now, I think what they really, what one of the most important things that these two guys did when they decided to make this album together is they got a producer named Don Gaiman, and Don worked with R.E.M., and he worked with all the big, big, big John Mellencamp albums. Mm -hmm. And I think that gives this album a different sound. It doesn't sound like Night Ranger. It doesn't sound like Styx. It sounds like... I don't want to say folk rock, but more it's acoustic bass, but it's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's not, it doesn't sound like an eighties band in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I was lucky enough to see these guys um, play when their second album came out. Second album came out in 2007. So that was what? 22 years between albums mm -hmm. or no, 12 years, 12 years. Yeah. My math is bad. Now they went the, the covers mm -hmm. album route, but I will tell you, this is one of the best covers albums I've ever heard. I, I, I love it. Hey, my wife's here. Hi, honey. Well, What's uh, up? Um, yeah? The pie I made didn't come out well enough to take to Jen's tomorrow. Okay. You guys want a piece of pie, warm apple pie? Should we be sure. chomping pie while we, while we record? Yeah, bring it up. Okay. All right. That would go okay. right along with the professionalism of the show, <laughs> being interrupted by your wife of 20 years and then uh, eating hot pie. Uh... Yes. The, I like I like the logo that they have now. Okay. I like this the this influence says influence. Mm -hmm. I love this picture of a road. A road, yeah. Then there's a car and then there's a, yeah. a rearview mirror and then in the rearview mirror is a picture of them not even in a car like in a forest. Yeah, like they first of all like you, you, clearly you, photoshopped and you can see both of them. The one guy looks like one of Mary and Pippin of the Hobbits. <laughs> I think there's an alternate cover out there too, like uh, for an import that it's, it's good. It's just, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what that's trying to say. Like we're looking back. I wonder if you, is it like you pull it out and there's a different mm, picture and that's so. cut Hold out? Cause it's just, it's fine if you're looking back, but they're not even a car. They're in a forest and they're driving through a desert. So it's not even, Oh, this is, this is cool. I just pulled it off my shelf. What's, what's that got on it? Oh, signatures it's signed. I forgot. I got it signed that night. That's cool. That's the night we walked right into Tommy Shaw's trailer. Just walked right in. Let me see. I'll pull this out and see if there's, a... Oh, nope, no, not at all. It's not die cut. Like I thought. No, it's just, uh, yeah, that's a, yeah. All right. If it didn't have that thing, it's oh, that's almost more frustrating than a whole uh, an awful cover, top to bottom, because it's like this had potential, and then someone was like, you know yeah. what we should do? Add a do they would have a photo of those two in a forest? Because <laughs> that would look great in this. Uh, they in look this, and they look even better twelve years later than they did on the first yeah, album cover. They look cool. They really do look cool. Mm -hmm. it, I know who says that. Tommy Shaw and Jack Blades look cool, but that's what we're saying. Let me tell you a couple of songs that are on here. Summer Breeze by Seals and Crofts. Your Move by Yes, It Is Amazing. I Am a Rock by Simon and Garfunkel. Lucky Man, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Sound of Silence, Simon and Garfunkel. California Dreaming, On a Carousel, Dirty Work. For What It's Worth, Dance With Me. And now there's a Japanese bonus track, which I don't have. I have never been able to find it. No one seems to have it. They do a cover of Bad Fingers no matter what. So if anyone out there has that song. I don't want it off of uh, YouTube or something. I'm gonna, if you have the Japanese import and you have this song, please we transfer that to me. I would love that. Pie's here. Here comes hot pie. Thanks. Thanks, mom. Don't call me mom. Thanks, Mima. I'll take the destroyed one. That That's one's fine. a mess. What happened? Did you fall down the stairs? <laughs> oh, now mine doesn't have ice cream on it, honey. Why doesn't, 
part of oil. Don't eat that part. What happened? Did you not set the timer? The baking is a science. Let me taste it. Oh my god, we can't take this to someone's this house. Smells amazing. Did you hear that, honey? Kyle said it smells amazing. It actually tastes pretty good. It's really good. Mister Nate O'Connor's having some. <laughs> all right, so all right, I'm gonna chew when music's playing. So if anyone has, no matter what. From the, ja the Japanese bonus track, the Badfinger cover. Please, please, we transfer that to me. But the song I'm going to play tonight is from Friends of the Show, and hopefully they get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year, the Zombies, and this is Time of the Season. It's the time of the season When my love runs high In this time Give it to me easy And let me try with pleasured hands To take you in the sun to promised land To show you everyone It's the time of the season for loving I would rather listen to Shaw Blades than Sticks or Night Ranger. I agree. I, I mean, look, if you guys like that Susanna Hoffs and Matthew Sweet, if you like those three cover albums, you got to get this. This is this fantastic. That's all I'm going to say. And preferably the Japanese import, so you can. Yeah. Uh, now it's um. This was in 2007. Next year will be 2019. Uh, they seem to do an album every 12 years. So let's look for something new from Shaw Blades. And they'll look even cooler. They're going to look even, yeah, they're going to even look cooler. And then 12 years after that, it'll be two skeletons. You'll go, is this an Iron Maiden album? Are there two Eddies? Shawbones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good stuff. So stupid. Oh, okay. Uh, this is a band This first, I only knew their first album um, until I looked into it. And then I was like, oh, they have they have a second and no more. This is before we decided this, because I was like, I like these three songs by them. Why why don't I have the rest of their stuff? So this is a this is a band called Cute Is What We Aim For. If you were uh it in the mid two thousands, if you were by a by a Hollister or even like a hot topic, they were probably blasting this song. Um this is called this there's a class for this. What you got now? Got it, got it. That's good. That That's rocks. It. Some fun pop punk. And then, uh, so yeah, their first album was uh, Same Old Blood Rush with, uh, it's cut off because it's it's mid-2000s, so everything had to be along. Uh, same Old Blood Rush with A New Touch. And then their second album came out in 2008, and it's called Rotation. It was a song called Loser. Oh, oh, 
and I think that I think that and maybe one other song sound similar to the first album, then the rest kind of is mm-hmm. a little bit all over the place. But good job. Thanks. I like it. Yeah. Let's move uh I'm going all out of order tonight. Let's Good move, fun. let's grab let's grab that Bowie band, Tin Machine, right. and bring that up. Both of those songs. Tin Machine. Now, a lot of people say Tin Machine, that's a super group. It's not, I don't really think it's a super group. It's it's super because David Bowie fronts it. And then it's got Soupy Sale Sons, but I mean they didn't like come from a now, was it spelled Supergroup, like S-O-U-P-E-R? <laughs> <laughs> yes, any band that uh, Hunt and Tony are in is a super with the S-O-U-P-E-R. That's funny. Like, what, I mean, let me see what, I mean, these guys were in other bands. Well, they played with other people, like Todd Rundgren and Iggy Pop, but, so they were they were known in the music world, but they didn't come from, from an, another big band. That's what that's what I call a super group. It's when all the players or most of them came from another mm-hmm. big band. So this was just David Bowie wanting to work in a band situation. Mm-hmm. So he got players that he liked. Look, if Tom Petty played with uh, Soupy Sales Sons, it wouldn't be a super group. Not a super group. It's Tom Petty wasting his time. <laughs> um Rock and Peace, David Bowie. This is from the first Tin Machine album and called Tin Machine. And this song is called I Can't Read. I can't read and I can't write down. I don't know a book from Countdown. Yeah, Reeves uh, Gabriel's is from The Cure. But was he from The Cure or did he play with The Cure eventually? Oh, that I don't know. Because he was like a Bowie sideman for a long time after this. I don't know if before this, but... Oh, yeah. Well, they first met during uh, David Bowie's 50th birthday. Okay. So... There you go. <laughs> so never mind. There you go. So this record was uh, co-produced with Tim Machine and Tim Palmer... We did a Bowie episode a long, long time ago with He Who Shall Not Be Named and uh, got a hold of Tim Palmer and he said if I wrote some questions, he would go into his recording studio and answer the questions and then send the, the, the file back to us. And that's what he did. So if you seek out our Bowie episode, you can hear Tim Palmer talk about uh, working with uh, David Bowie and Tin Machine. It's pretty cool. And then let's go to Tin Machine 2. They could have called it Tin Machine 3, but they chose yeah. not to because David Bowie's not stupid. This album was co-produced by Tim Machine, Tim Palmer again, and Hugh Padgham, who worked with uh, The Police and Genesis and Melissa Etheridge back in the day, big producer. And this song is called If There Is Something. Around corners, 
Okay, I didn't know this until right now. That song was written by Brian Ferry. It's a cover of a Roxy Music song. I did not know that. Hmm. I haven't listened to either one of these albums in a long, long time. But uh, picking songs for tonight, these albums sounded really good. Mm -hmm. I need to dig these out. Yeah. For some reason, they're not on my radar that much, the Tin Machine albums. For some reason, I think I, I think that maybe I don't care for them. But then I hear them, and I'm like, oh, these are great. Yeah. Okay. Give it a listen. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next from you, Kyle? Um, so this is something no one will like. I don't even know if I like this, but uh, this is a band that I that when I tell you the band name, you'll realize why I gravitated towards them. They're called Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stefani? Nope. From No Gwen, Doubt? Nope. Gwen no. State named after uh, Spider-Man's uh, first girlfriend who was killed by Green Goblin, Gwen Stacy. Oh, she's the redhead with the very shapely figure? Uh, nope. Who's that? That's Mary Jane. Oh, that's who I like. Who's this? Gwen Stacy. No, don't play this. Uh, so, this is, this is like some metalcore nonsense. This is, uh, this is, uh, the first album's called The Life I Know, um, and this is called I'll Splatter You Like Jackson Pollock. So there's that. You know, what's funny is like the music's great. But I just don't care for the vocals sometimes in, yeah. in that type of music. I like it if it's so, if it's like the chorus or the, like the verses are like that. And then the chorus is like a cl clear singing. Yeah. That's like my favorite type. But this is like, this is bordering on where it's almost just noise. Yeah. Uh, I kind of, I, I kind of agree with you. Um, this is a cool album cover. Oh yeah. I like that. It's like a, it's like a mannequin head and then like a torn apart, like Walkman just like pieced on it. Yeah. Um, that's for their second album. Their second album is called a dialogue and this is the title track and there's not much dialogue. It's kind of a lot of screaming. Let's find out. Yeah, musically, it's better than the uh, the, um, the vocal. Yeah, why wouldn't they? Why would these musicians not get a great vocalist so that their music could be heard and loved by the, the masses? I, I like it because it's it's what's well, produced by someone who did um, a band I like called Haste the Day. Mm -hmm. uh, he produced their stuff, and they they're like this band, but did it well. Cool. And this is like the the worst version of it. So. Yeah, that's Gwen Stacy. Yeah, I like the name. The name's cool. Because mm -hmm. I because I, I love Gwen Stacy. She's got she rides that um, she rides that bat thing that scooter nope. through the sky nope, and throws that's hobgoblin or green goblin. <laughs> she, she doesn't throw pumpkins and blow mm -mm. stuff up. No, okay. maybe I don't know her. No. Um, as of this record, you and I got uh, Iron Maiden tickets for mm -hmm. 2019. Yes, 
Where are you going to see them? I will be seeing them in Brooklyn. That's my bachelor party. It's a good bachelor party. Mm-hmm. Now, is Eddie invited? I heard that the, mm-hmm. you hired Eddie to, uh, to, to strip. strip. <laughs> yeah. He's going to take it. Eddie the head's going to be the stripper. <laughs> All right. I am going. Uh, take off his limbs and stuff. <laughs> I'm going to see Iron Maiden in Oakland, California with a friend of the show. And he's co-hosted twice. Tom Neuerberg. Because uh, in L.A. they're playing in a stadium. Yep. I, I don't want that. I want to see them inside. Again. A stadium's not great. Unless you're right up yeah, front. And you're not going to be. No. Like the Stones are coming this summer and they're coming to the Rose Bowl. I've only seen the Stones once. Seagull's never seen them. So we're probably going to end up there. But, I mean, it's not like you're really seeing them. It's just like you're in the facility with them. Unless yeah. they have some massive screens everywhere, mm-hmm. it's difficult. What's the what's the worst outdoor stadium to see see a thing to see abandoned? Baseball or football? That's a tough call. I don't know. What's I would say baseball because it's all the way out and it's usually out in the outfield. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the stands are so far away. We had Billy Joel tickets um, a year and a half ago at Dodger Stadium, and they were expensive tickets. And we were so far away. If he didn't have screens, I wouldn't have even known Billy Joel was there. Well. Sounded good, but I mean, and Pilar, who doesn't go to a lot of concerts, and she got these tickets, and she was like really psyched. She's like, these are really expensive tickets. Seats are going to be great. But she didn't really understand how big a stadium really is. And when we got there, she was just like, these aren't good seats. I go, no, this is good. We're straight ahead. Mm-hmm. see the two screens and she's just like but i thought we were going to be like close i'm like yeah you're, just, you're not close to the stadium she goes when i looked on the map it looked i'm like no honey that's yeah the stadium that's a drawing not to scale yep not to scale apologies too and you can remove this band from my list velvet revolver okay they've only got two albums uh blackjack that's the man with michael bolton and bruce kulik they're not on the list and uh and then i was going to play the firm the Jimmy Page, Paul Rogers, Chris Slade, and um, um, blanking on the who the uh, Tony, I forget who the who the um, who the bass player was. It's not important. It's not important. But um, so I was going to play the firm, and I actually bought Tony Franklin. Yep. I bought the uh, I bought the first Firm album used for five ninety nine, and that that album sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what a piece of crap. They do a version of You've Lost That Love and Feeling. Oh, yeah. my God. It is fucking horrible. What do you think of that logo? That's cool. You like it? Yeah. Look at the next album. The next album is called Mean Business. Okay. Let's click on it. The logo is real tiny. And what, what are they just want to sit. That doesn't help. He just blew the picture up and it's just <laughs> as small as it was before. Wait, be seller. It's just like, oh uh, yeah, that's. So I, I, I don't, I, I don't I, like the low. Here's the thing: I like it as a cover, the first one, little, but it's really not a logo. You like you it can, as a, yeah. like like as a cover that that's like oh cool because yeah. it's like on an angle, but then as a logo, it doesn't work. It doesn't work unless you, unless they rotated it and it was like supposed to be a building or a corner. Like unless you're incorporating it in yeah. an architecture, and you, you have to look at the logo to really understand what he's talking about but um i agree with you but man that that album boy that album sucks 
<laughs> it's unbelievably bad. I couldn't believe it. Jimmy Page and Paul Rogers together? Ridiculous. Uh, let's go. What I am going to play, let's do, uh, now at the time of this record, Joe Perry was supposed to come here in December. He's not feeling well. I hope he's still around by the time this episode drops. Yeah. He was going to play some dates. Brad Whitford was going to be with him from Aerosmith, was going to be on guitar with him, and Gary Sharon was going to be doing some lead vocals. And I was really looking forward to seeing, seeing Joe Perry in a small venue with Brad Whitford. I was even going to try to get Brad on the show, and I think I probably could have, because uh, everyone probably wanted Joe. But uh, I was going to try to get Brad, because... Brad Whitford wrote some of the coolest, some very cool in the early days when they used to, when he would write with, you know, Perry and Tyler sometimes. He wrote some some big Aerosmith songs. And he, after he left Aerosmith for a time, he released an album called Whitford St. Holmes with Derek St. Holmes, who was the vocalist on, on the good Ted Nugent music. Derek St. Holmes is the vocalist on those things. So their first album was self-titled Whitford St. Holmes, 1981. And this song is called Every Morning. I stand by the first Whitford St. Holmes album. I love that album top to bottom. I think it's a great, great rock and roll album. So then, nothing from them for 25 years. 2016, they finally get around to getting together. They call their album simply Reunion. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that album cover? The first album cover just has a picture of them. It's fine. And then this is like a, this is like a road uh, touring yeah, like road that. case. And just stamped with the uh, same logo from the first album, mm -hmm. Whitford St. Holmes. Yeah, I like that. And uh, That'd be a good one to get signed. It would be a good one to get signed, but it's probably not. A, I don't think no. they released it on vinyl. Oh, well. The other one's a good one, too, because they can sign right under their selves. Yeah. So from Whitford St. Holmes Reunion, this song is called Tender is the Night. Nope. This is nope. Uh, Catch My Fall. Oh, I'm sorry. Catch My Fall. Oh, yeah. I had. I, I, I couldn't decide which one I wanted. Okay, go ahead. Wake up, it's a brand new day I get to look into those big blue eyes Shining like two diamonds up in the sky Can you catch my fall, catch my fall Make it easy when I hit the ground You gave your all, you give your all Make it easy with So, is the reunion album as good as the first album? It's not. Is it a good album? It is. I mean, 
you know, after 25 years, his voice still sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can lose a lot off your voice in 25 years, but I, I thought it was a solid return, and I, I hope they do. Well, I guess 25 years from now, they'll, they'll do another one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they didn't come here. They did. They toured around, and they didn't come to the West Coast, which is extremely rare. Yeah, usually... Usually it's the opposite. They tour kind of on the West Coast and they might not go to the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. like you can, because they can get, they can do, they can do like San Diego. They can do like Long Beach or San Diego. They were just at clubs. Yeah. But then they can come up and do, uh, then they, a lot of these bands hit all the Canyon clubs. Yeah. You know, every single one. And then they head up to uh, to San Francisco and play a yeah. club or two. So it was disappointing they didn't come out because I really wanted them to. But eh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What do you got for us? All right, so this is a this is a band, but really it's just a one person, I believe. It's called Red Light King. Now, this was the guy. His name's Mark. Oh, jeez, he's known by stage name M Rivers. <laughs> sure, he okay, because <laughs> his name his last name's like Kasprzyk or something. Um, he um, he's a he was a judo champion, part of the Canadian judo team for the 2000 Olympics. Anyway, hiya. hi-ya. Uh, anyway, so he's he's made some music on his own. Then he had a new project called Red Light King. Um, this is the one where he he made a song called Old Man and uh, sampled Neil Young's song Old, Old Man. Man. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. So that got some radio play from that. This is so. This is that was from his uh, debut album with Red Light King called Something for the Pain. This is a song that's also on there called Built to Last. This got a little bit of airplay. All right, let's hear, let's hear it. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's a good song. That's really good. So then in 2013, he made another album called Iron in the Fire. Um, and this one didn't get a lot of play, although this this song I picked, Born to Rise, I think this is the single off of it. It was, it says here, that it was in the 2014 Kevin Costner movie Draft Day. Oh, well, the, interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is Born to Rise. Very nice. It, yeah. The second album's kind of generic. But yeah. The first album's good. I would seek. seek yeah. That I like the first song better for sure. Oh, yeah. The first, yeah. The, it put all of his time and effort into that first album and then, hey, let's make something for draft day. 
I just want to give a shout out while I'm thinking of things off the top of my head. Uh, I just want to thank people that, uh, that are not, that are, that are like in the rock solid family that, that help us with stuff on a weekly basis. And I just want to say, uh, well, Carrie Scott, who created the rock solid database, that's an amazing document. And everyone who is a $5 Patreon su- supporter gets that as well as being in the ASAP club. But the artists that, uh, that weekly basis create a piece of artwork uh, for the Facebook page. And those people are Glenn K. Ammo, Jason Levy, Jamie Whitlock, Kyle Hildreth, uh, Troy Bailey, David Ace Gutierrez has done a couple for us. Daryl Asher has done a couple for us. Adam Jones created the logo that we're still using. Uh, Adam Rich maintained the rock solid notes page for a long, long time. And that was created by Jason Wilcox. And then, uh, Joe Van Over, Overberg, Joey Notes, he gave it a whirl, and uh, that's a lot of work. So I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't hold anything against anyone that did, did not want to continue to do that. And I hope Joey Notes, I hope you know that. Uh, so that's uh, that's just some people I want to give shout outs to because um, we do the stuff behind the mic, and but they do a lot of they do a lot of hard work, and they um, yeah, and, and, and that know, stuff takes time. It does take time, but uh, hopefully you know they can throw that in a portfolio or do something with it that. It helps uh, their endeavors. So back to some uh, some more music. Let's go with Neil Sean and Jan Hammer or Hammer. I don't think it's Jan. I think it's Jan. I think it's Jan. He wrote the uh, Miami Vice theme. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. So uh, did you know that I guess like towards the end of Miami Vice, they were trying because uh, it was kind of still on right as X-Files was on. And okay. so they made like a two or three part like there's an alien episode where they see like an alien getting a ship and fly away guys in college used to watch miami vice and i just thought it was i could care less about it i didn't know until recently that michael mann created that yeah which makes his shit movie miami vice even worse because it's something he made is the casting good though in that no. Colin Farrell and Jamie uh, Jamie Fox? Fox? Jamie Fox is only as good as the director that's directing him. Michael Mann's a good director. Well, not based on that movie. <laughs> well, the whole movie, all Jamie Fox does is put his head down and then just run his hand through his hair, and then um, Colin Farrell just strokes his mustache. <laughs> that's all they do in the entire movie. All right. And then at one point, riding a boat. It's like it's like two and a half hours long too. Well. Yeah, I, I think I fell asleep during that movie. Yeah, Michael Mann's directed some good movies, though, right? Yeah, I watched Heat recently, and I—that's not as good as people say it is. It's too long. Well, if you cut out all the stuff with um, Pacino and his wife, it's a normal length movie. Right. That doesn't pay off because spoiler alert for a movie that's twenty-three years old. Um, they don't like they set it up like, oh, it, he's his wife or daughter is going to get kidnapped but it, nothing happens to them they're just they're, he's just having marital problems it has nothing to do with the plot or the movie itself okay here's what here's here's his best movie in my opinion a lot of people like manhunter you know yeah, but that's been that's already been upset by you know silence of the lambs and all those things so so people still love the manhunter though but i, I i'm gonna say his best movie or I won't say his best. I'll say my favorite movie that he's done is Collateral. Yeah, that's great. With Tom Cruise as a hitman, mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx is great, Jada Pinkett Smith is great. They did that hacker movie with Thor called Black Hat that looked 
terrible. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. What's he doing? An untitled uh, Sam Giancano biopic is coming up. I don't know if he's directing that though. Click on his just his directing. Yeah, Public Enemies, Miami yeah. Vice, Collateral. Public Enemies was super disappointing. The Insider. I did not like Last of the Mohicans. Oh my god. We had to watch that in like fourth grade. I've never seen Thief with James Conn. I bet that's good. James Conn's good. All right. That's enough Michael Mann talk. We've given him far. He's 75 years old. Is he still able to direct at 75? I guess if Mick Jagger, I just read Mick Jagger said that he does not even thinking about retiring at all. He goes, when we're done with the tour, what I'm thinking about is what's the next thing we're doing. <laughs> so he's not thinking about retiring at all. Hmm. Well, that's good. I think Charlie Watts is 78. I could be wrong. Okay. Neil Sean, Jan Hammer. Now, Neil Sean was mad when Steve Perry did a solo album in 1982. He did an album in 81 and 82 outside of Journey. So it's, I, I hate when guys are like that. Like, hey, what are you doing? It's like, well, what? You fucking just did it. So yeah, but. The first album's called Untold Passions. I don't think you're going to like this album cover. This song, uh, blow it up. I want to hear what you say. Um, it looks like, it looks like a Rocky horror knockoff. Yeah. Like that's a tattoo that Frankenfurter would have on his arm. Yeah. It's, it's a, a heart, heart with, with two lightning bolts, lightning bolts crisscrossing through it. Crisscrossing through it. Like, yeah. So like, like we're pierced through it. Pierced through and it. And then one drop of blood. What's the font like? Uh, the font is okay. It's like a stencil. Yeah. It's, it's just, it seems like more thought could have been put into that. This song is called Wasting Time. Neil Sean on vocals. Now, what's cool about this is Jan Hammer's known for keyboard work. He plays drums on these albums, too. Hmm. Oh, Jan keyboards, Hammer. percussion. Keyboards, drums. Uh, a year later, we get an album called Here to Stay. I like that album artwork better. Yeah. Now, here's what it's got. It's, got, it's, it's like, a little, it's borderline jerky boys looking. <laughs> it's, got, it's got an Arm & Hammer, like Arm & Hammer baking soda. Yeah. It says Sean & Hammer. But then on the muscle is the heart... With the lightning bolts right. from, yeah. and I, I said it looked like a tattoo, and I forgot that it was yeah, a yeah, tattoo yeah. on this. Yeah, it looks like a little Mad Magazine-y. Yeah. Jerky Boys. Yeah. Style of, of uh, parody. I threw these guys in there because I, I any excuse I have to play this song, No More Lies, I do it. I love it. A little like Thin Lizzy. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Maybe that's why I love it. I, I just don't want to stop it. Keep it going. 
these uh these albums were just re-released i think uh, was it maybe this past year or last year and as soon as i saw that they were coming on cd again i i immediately pre-ordered them and bought them because i i know that they're going to go out of print again mm-hmm. and um and i didn't have them so now i do and i'm happy my cd shelves are a happier place nice. because of this uh, I only have two more bands. You want to do, do another? All right. I'll do... Um, you know how I feel about uh, Bob Welsh. Yep. Got fucked from getting in the Rock and Roll Hall mm-hmm. of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, after he left Fleetwood Mac, he formed a band called Paris. And they released two albums. One, self-titled Paris, is available on Rock Candy Records. The other one, Big Town 2061... I think someone sent me like a, a vinyl rip of this because this is still unavailable on CD. But let's go with from 1976, self-titled Paris album. The song is called Black Book. Black Book is open and you better jump back. Black book is open and you better watch out. Down at the door. Black book. All right, and from Black Book, we'll go to Blue Robin from the second album. Looks like these both came out in 76. <laughs> yeah, January 76. And then. August 76. All right. Let's hear it. Oh, Lord, tell me that I'm wrong. I wanted her so long. Hey, hey. Blue Robin's gone. Oh, Lord, tell me I'm not right. I wanted her tonight. I just looked on eBay and it shows me that this uh, Big Town 2061 is now available on CD. Hmm. How did I not know that? Well, that one's from Russia. I'm not colluding with them. I'm not ordering it from them. <laughs> huh. You know what I do almost immediately when I see something like that? What's that? First I go to Amazon to see if it's on Amazon. This is called Shopping Online with uh, Pat and Kyle. I didn't come here to get shopping tips. <laughs> It's not a tip. It's just, uh, it's just, it's just, this is what we do. It's an impulse buy. Mm. How did I not know? I've always looked to see if this is, there it is. Well, this says it's, well, on Amazon, it's $69. Oh, that seems like a deal. Import from 2013. Well, that is not, I'm not buying it from Amazonian. Maybe there's another one. Let me look. This is fun radio. This is super fun for all the listeners. Uh, you want me to do another band? Sure. Triple no, no. shot. Triple shot. Is it triple? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Let's do a band called Piper. This was Billy Squire's band before he went solo. 
Okay. First song is from the self-titled Piper album. These both came out in 1977. And this song is a song that Billy then re-recorded for her solo album. I think that version's actually better. But I do like the song. It's called Who's Your Boyfriend? Anything else about Piper other than Billy Squire is in the band and that there uh, there are two albums were released on, on a single CD. I forget who really what uh, what label released that, but I snatched that up as soon as I saw that was available too. That's cool. how I do it. I snatch it right up. Gotta have it. Um, the other song is from their second album called Can't Wait. Yep. The song's about a, is this about a bad boy? Oh, I think so. What's the song called? Bad Boy. Let's hear it. like it yeah yeah i think suzanne dillingham and i are gonna have to do a billy squire episode because we both like billy squire we went to see billy squire together we met billy squire it seems like a billy squire episode is uh coming is, is coming it, around the coming. horn yeah it's coming all right you're up next all right let me see so the next uh next two uh bands i have are relate somewhat related in terms of the way that they're uh the way that their names naming is structured. So okay. the so the so this is a band. So um, uh, there's a guy who's in System of a Down. His name's Darren Malakian, Malakian maybe. I don't know. Anyway, he um. So yeah, he's been in, he's been in System of a Down the whole time. Okay. Um, he's the guitarist, backing vocals. Um, he has a he had a band called Scars on Broadway. Let me bring it up. I believe the guy, another guy from, um, I believe another guy from uh, System of a Down is in that band. So System of a Down has not released an, a new album since like I think two thousand six. All right. Um. So this was this was released in two thousand eight, and they've done they've toured and stuff since then. But um, so this is a song called Babylon from Scars on Broadway's first album. Oh, again. 
So it sounds very much like System of a Down. Yeah, I like that though too. That was good. Um, and yeah, the uh, the drummer of System of a Down, Darren, or I'm sorry, uh, John Dolman is also in this. So then, that was in 2008. So then 2018, this past year, a, a new Scars on Broadway album called came out. Now this time their their band name is officially now Darren Malakian and Scars on Broadway. That rolls off the tongue. Yep, really well. Um, and he wrote, produced, and recorded the album in 10 days, six years ago in 2012. All right. So, uh, so it, and it just came out. And it seems like he's, it kind of, he produced it. I think he might be the only person on it. There's not real, a lot of information, but it seems like he did everything on it. Um, and kicked the other guy to the curb. So this is his... Uh, this is a solo. This is a song called Dictator. It's the title track. Have you played that one before? That sounded familiar. No, to me. I no, I've never played that before. So, well, it sounded familiar to me. Have you played it? No, Kyle, I have not. All right. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's that. All right. I, I brought his name up earlier tonight. His uh, his autograph is on the wall. One of our first musical guests, I think it was Kathleen Wilhoyt, and then we had Michael DeBar on, and he was in a band uh, called Detective. They were signed to Swan Song labels. That was um, Led Zeppelin's label. So that was a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. This is very much like Paris. Uh, both of these albums came out the same year, 1977. Same, same with Piper, too. Piper same with Paris. Piper. What were these guys? Yeah, they just... Uh, it's, it's almost as if the record label knew, these guys only got two albums in them. Just rush them out. Let's get them out. So uh, this is from the self-titled Detective album. Uh, keyboard player in Detective is Tony K. You know him best from Yes. And this closes out the first Detective album called One More Heartache. They had a big John Bonham uh, drum sound on their albums. Yeah. Pretty uh, pretty cool. Uh, the the de first Detective album and the first Paris album, both produced by a guy named uh, Jimmy Robinson. Now, the, the Detective albums are both available. Uh, first one's on Rock Candy Records, a label, on, both on labels I love, and the other one is on Cherry Red Records out of the UK. Go to uh, cherryredrecords.com and just look at some of the stuff that those guys are releasing. It's 
pretty uh, pretty great for uh, classic rock fans for sure. And then let's go to an album that was re-released on Cherry Red Records. Second Detective album is called It Takes One to Know One, and this song is Help Me Up. Apologies here. Apologies to Spies. S-P-Y-S. That was an offshoot of... It was much like the storm. It was guys that were kicked out of Foreigner after head games. Um, Al Greenwood and Ed Gagliardi. Ian McDonald. Were they all in that? I'm not sure. Definitely Al Greenwood and um, Ed Gagliardi. So uh, that, was a, that, was a, that was a band that came out of Foreigner. And then another Michael DeBar band that predated Detective called Silverhead. Both of those albums are also available on Cherry Red Records. And uh, those are pretty great albums. Michael DeBar couldn't get a, keep a band together. He was uh, Silverhead for two albums, Detective for two albums. Then he was in, uh, you know, um, oh, I think he's in Power Station. And he was in, uh, in, uh, in Checkered Past for one album. So not, not a lot of luck. Speaking of Power Station, I think they're on my list, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I almost forgot about them. I know there's tons of Power Station fans, and I know oh, I'm so glad I just remembered them because my list is different from what you have. Mm. This is from uh, this is from their self-titled uh, debut. It's not some like it's like it hot. It's not bang a gong. I think this was the third sig- single. I can't even talk now. Uh, Murderous. <laughs> to Robert Palmer. Hmm. Tell you a quick story about the Power Station. They get back together. They do another album 11 years later. Second album called Living in Fear. Uh, It's Robert Palmer, Andy Taylor, John Taylor, and Tony Thompson wrote all the songs, but then John Taylor is not on the album. Instead, Bernard Edwards plays bass on it. And they were performing at the House of Blues. And I had tickets to see them at the House of Blues. But then I also got free tickets to see Chicago at the Greek Theater. And I thought that we could see Chicago at the Greek Theater. 
and then get over and catch some of Power Station. And by the time we got over there, the whole way across mm-hmm. town, Power Station was done. And we did catch Andy Taylor exiting and, and he did sign the Thunder CD for me. But that was obviously a mistake. <laughs> Should have thought to myself, but Chicago's going to be around. They're not going anywhere. But Power Station... Look, one guy dies in Chicago, they're, they don't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There's so many people. So that was a mistake. I should have gone to see Power Station, and I'm disappointed that I didn't. But this is their from their second album, Living in Fear, and the song is called Living, Living in Fear, title track. Much more, um, much more rocking on some mm-hmm. of the songs on this album. Less, uh, less uh, funky dance oriented. Yeah, people forget Robert Palmer. You know, he's got a he's got a dress shirt and a tie and a suit on. Mm-hmm. That guy made some pretty rocking music. Yeah, he's addicted to love. <laughs> uh, do you have one more? Or were you done? I have one more band. Okay, well, I'm going to let you do it, and then okay. I'll do my last two things here. All right, so uh, so much like uh, Darren Malakian and Scars on Broadway, this band's first album, the band was called Julian Casablancas and the Voids, Voids with a Z at the end. Um, so he's he's from the Strokes, okay, I believe, and uh, so this is their first their first uh, album called Tyranny. This came out in 2014. This is a song called Nintendo Blood. There might be some type of a filter on his voice. Yeah. <laughs> it really sounds like it. Huh. Um, so yeah, that, that album is just okay. But their new album from 2018, first off, look at First off, they dropped the Julian Casablanca's name. He's still in it, but it's just called The Void. That's much better. Yeah. Look at that album cover. Isn't that cool? I like that a lot. That looks like, that looks like something like, like, uh, Ronnie Montrose had a group called Gamma, and that looks like, a, if you look up any Gamma albums, you'll see what I mean. That looks like something he would come up with. Yeah, so... Th- That's th- cool. Th- yeah, it's cool. So it's called Virtue. Am I going to like this? Uh, I hope so. This is a this is a great song. No. This this album's pretty great. This is called Leave It In My Dreams.
Yeah, so it's a little more strokesy. Do you like the strokes? I do. Do you like the shins? Um, I don't know enough. Do you like the them. hives? Um, they're okay. Do you like the vines? I don't know. Remember when all the, the all these bands were coming out at the same time? Mm-hmm. Couldn't keep it to get. Couldn't keep it straight. I know. Yeah. Killers. Uh, yeah, I like the killers. Would you go see them if they came toward? Yeah. Yeah, I would go see them. We've got free tickets. We have to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I, I, this is always a mess when I do this, but I'm going to have you hand me the wire. Oh. What do you think? Really? Why? What's up? Because I had to jiggle it a bunch to get it. Okay. Out. Here's what we'll do. I just feel bad about not playing these bad English songs. Well, just, but I won't. Uh, just no, transfer them over. Nah, I don't, got a th- I don't got a flash drive. This isn't a flash drive. That's a thing. All right. Apologies to bad English. All right. Let's go with Jeff Lynn. Now, look, Jeff Lynn still makes music, but he only has two proper solo albums. His first one came out in 1990. It's called Armchair Theater. It's a great album. And this song is called, this was one of the singles. This is Every Little Thing. Are you dead? Then in 2012, 22 years later, we get a second Jeff Lynne solo album. It's called Long Wave. This is mostly like standards, which I don't really like, mm-hmm. but I do like, I do like this album. And this is his, uh, his cover of a song called At Last. At Last. That works for me. Yeah. I mean, I, if someone would have said, hey, this is Jeff Lynn's version of that last, I would be like, I don't want to hear that. But like, here's what else he did on this. Uh, he did, um, they're not all standards per se, but he did like Bewitched, Bothered and Bewildered, a Rogers and Richard Rogers song, and, and uh, a song called Smile, written by Charlie Chaplin. But then he does like Let It Rock by Chuck Berry and uh, Running Scared by Roy Orbison. But it's a, it's a covers album, and um, and it's good. I, I I really didn't think I got a copy for review. I didn't think I was gonna like it, even though I like Jeff Lynne, and I really do like it. So check it out, see if you like it. I liked it. Okay, now I found a solution to our um, 
Yeah. To our, uh, you're not going to have to pull the wire out of your computer. You're just going to have to turn it down and pull it out of the, uh, pull the wires out of the, uh, out of the um, mixing board. And then plug these wires in there. And that way I can give... Uh, People at home don't care. Nor they do don't they, care. Nor do they need them, to even do when well, we're doing know, this. Uh, but you know what? I like, you know, I, like to, I like to let everyone know what's going on. So, okay. I'm going to give some love to Bad English. Because I love these albums. And uh, John Waite's been on the show. And the producer from this first album, Richie Zito, has been on the show. So this is a song called Price of Love. And it's not queued up. So go ahead, Kyle. Give me some. Oops. I think I need to jump it forward. All right. That was a long clip. I know. I know it. I know it was. I love that song. That's a power ballad. Mm -hmm. Sounds of the time. Now, I found out Courtney Cronin loves John Waite. So even though John Waite was on the show once, I think we're going to have to do a John Waite episode with Courtney Cronin. Okay. Because she is like, I don't know anyone else that's like a crazy John Waite fan like, like I am. I mean, I have up at the wall, I got four solo albums signed. I got a Bad English album signed. I got a Baby's album signed. I mean, um, a lot of John Waite signatures on the wall. Mm-hmm. Might have to retire one of those. Got six of them up there. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, okay, here's another song. This is from 1991, their second album called Backlash. I think by the time this was even released, the band had broken up. They did do a video for the song called Straight to Your Heart. And this album was produced by Ron Nevison. And this song is called Pray for Rain.
for Rain. Yeah, I like both of those records a ton. I can never get enough of those records. Neil Sean, Jonathan Kane, Ricky Phillips, Dean Castronovo, and John Wayne on Vocos. Vocos. Vocos? Dean Castronovo and John Wayne on Vocos. Um, Dean Castronovo was going to be on the show, but he kept changing the time around. And it was my anniversary. And uh, after he changed the time a second time, I just said, forget it. I was all set. All the songs cued. I had my playlist mm-hmm. all ready to go for Dean Castronovo. Talk about Journey. Talk about Revolution Saints and Bad English and playing with Ozzy. I was all set. But, you know, I, I don't jump through hoops. I don't like jumping yeah. through hoops. I just I just don't. So, um, so I didn't. It's really to promote him. It's absolute. I'm standing up. I'm away from the microphone. It is. It's absolutely to pr- promote him and his, uh, you know, he's playing, uh, he's playing in the dead daisies now. So this was all about him. So anyway, he's got a sketchy pass. So maybe it's okay. We didn't have one. Um, all right. Before we close it out, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle, you're at Kyle dots and funny. I am. We are at rock solid show. I mm-hmm. am at Pat underscore Francis. We're, uh, second week in January. Uh, at this time, we know that April is living in the UK. So this year, we're going to try to get some female voices in here, like the some. You know, I'm going to try to get uh, I'm going to try to get uh, Courtney Cronin in here uh, on a regular uh, try, uh, some type of re- regular basis. We had a lot of fun with Christine Blackburn in our Stevie Nicks episode. So maybe try to get her in here a little bit more. Get Lisa Goich back on the mic and. I'm, uh, I'm looking at uh, other things, not replacing April, but I just want to get, um, I want to get some more female voices in. Cause I like everyone that sits on the other side of the mic uh, across from me, Mike and Murray and Christy. But uh, I do like when we have, uh, I do like when we have women in the studio. It just, it's a different thing. And just, and people with a bit of a different taste. A bit, bit of a different taste. Yeah. We're going to work on that too. So that's what's hopefully coming up for 2019 rocksolidpodcast.com. You can find everything, t-shirts, all that stuff. Um, and the Patreon page. I, when I look at the, over at the stack of crazy great prizes that I have that will be Yeah, on that away, chair, it's, there's like, yeah. there's about... Those will be going by the time this airs. There's about 20 things on there. It's crazy, and I still... And there are like five, there are five other like queen books, I think, uh, and... Yeah, but again, that stuff will all be going by the time yeah, this oh, airs. Oh, yeah, exactly. But, um, anyone... But not who, for the ASAP club, they'll hear this. No, that's true, they know, soon. that's true. But anyone who's not supporting the show with $2 a month, I mean, here's the deal. You're missing out on some great stuff. The Queen books that we gave away cost 30 bucks. If you support us for $2 a month, that's 24 bucks. If you win that, you've already... And that's the only thing you won. And that's the only thing you win. And trust me, as you know, Michael Bagford and, and other guys too have won multiple things. So, I don't know. Get in on that. $2 a month. 50 cents an episode is what it turns out to be. Set it and forget it with your PayPal account and it's done. You won't even think about it. So... All right, enough promotion there. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Support us with your ears. That's the number one thing. Thanks for uh, making us uh, break into the top 200 recently a ton, which is so exciting because there's a million music podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. So for us to 
So when our show breaks into the top 200, that's like a big deal. So, and I used to not check it all. And now I'm checking uh, every week because it's been happening. So, and why not know about it and promote it and get it out there? So the next, uh, the next band took eight years between albums. First album was called Mud Crutch. Tom Petty and Ben, <clears throat> ben Montench and Mike Campbell from the Heartbreakers. And then, oh, I don't know their names, but uh, Tom Ledden and, uh, and, Alfred, oh, and Randall Marsh. Yes, I pulled it. Um, were the other guys in the band. And uh, this song, this is a nine minute and 29 second song. This is one of the, such a great Tom Petty song. I got to be honest, Tom released some of his best songs uh, in his later years with these two Mud, Mud Crutch albums. And uh, this is called Crystal River. Crystal Love it. I love that song. I love Tom Petty's voice. So good. All right. So the next album comes out eight years later. Is it called Mud Crutch 3? It is not. No. Because they're not. It's called Mud Crutch 2. God, if it was Mud Crutch 3, that would be nuts, right? Mm -hmm. Now, this song is called Beautiful World. It was written by the drummer, Randall Marsh. And it's also, because the thing is, everyone would sing in Mud Crutch. Tom Petty, of course, gets the most play because he's Tom Petty. Right. But uh, this song is actually written by Randall Marsh, and it's sung by Randall Marsh. So thanks, Kyle. Let's, thanks. This is going to be the play out, I guess. Yes. Yeah, this is called uh, Beautiful World. <laughs> 